Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how you doing? Good, good. We're back for another week, and uh, we, we are, are joined this. Yeah, we're joined this week by a guest, our first uh, returning guest, Keith McDaniel. Hey, Keith. Hi, guys. Glad, great to be here. Yeah, happy to have you back. Thanks for yeah. yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back. You're our first uh, uh, returning guest. Uh, you were uh, here originally um, for Rathacon minute when we talked about Rathacon, and uh, uh, so here we go. Yeah, so, very good, very good min- minutes there, and uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm, you guys asked me back again. That was really nice of you. Um, but I, I, it's amazing that I'm the returning uh, first returning. That's <laughs> that's I find that hard to believe. Well, welcome back. So. Uh, we are here talking about minute 19 of the search for Spock. Uh, minute 19 starts with Kirk saying the device when delivered would instantaneously cause the Genesis effect and ends a minute later with Krug saying uh, in overhead fluttering in the breeze, the flag of the Federation. Charming. So, yes. Yeah, so we, so, you know, Keith, you didn't get to, you know, participate in these minutes in wrath of Khan, but the first, 26 seconds of this minute are from wrath of Khan. that's right <laughs> yeah um yeah it was kind of funny uh seeing these minutes for the first time uh when you sent them to me and i was like oh okay <laughs> not a lot happens this first half and it's pretty much the yeah, first 28 seconds i think yeah yeah so it's more of a more of the same and, and i was trying to uh trying to look for something you know that's that's new and different and i I think even the sound effects in the music oh, yeah. is still it's still the same, right? They didn't like redo it because I, I was I was nope. like maybe the sound's different, but nope, it's okay. the same. Yeah, the whole sound effects of the fire coming across and even the like wall, like that sound that, that you know it, it's all the same. Even even his language is the same. Yeah, every yeah, word his cadence. Yeah. yeah. And um, even the, yeah, those sound effects as you pass through the mountains, it's like a synthy sort of sound, like that. Yeah. That's all there. <laughs> I was wondering if I was the only one that noticed that because I do like that part. The <laughs> pew, pew, pew. yeah. Um, I think even the 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 little ping at the end when it finishes. Oh really? I don't know. I have to check that, but I'm pretty sure. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Uh, we were talking a little bit last week, you know that. You know, Carol Marcus is, you know, noticeably absent from uh, from this video. They, you know, Kirk decided for some reason to, uh, you know, replace him with her and reusing all the, everything she said, even like you said, down to the speech patterns, right, and the, well, the same beats and cadence. And I have a, I have a whole I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I, I want to. So I have a question. So and, and maybe I did bring it up when so he. When he originally watches the Mark, the Carol Marcus video, he goes in and he needs security clearance, and he's got to have uh, you know the the Retina ID and all that kind of stuff, and play recording, and then he goes through the whole pl- recording, and here he is just sort of openly throwing it out in a communication to Starfleet. Like obviously it's part of the bigger report, but I'm like, 
Isn't that like a breach of security? I, I would think so. And yeah, we I think we did talk about it a little bit. <clears throat> we were trying to figure out what's the what's all the controversy about, and maybe this is yet another piece of it that he just decided to declassify everything on his own. Yeah, maybe that still bothers me. Right, and I seem to recall you're, offend, you're offended by this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't think it bothers me as much. You know, I I know it bothers you that Carol Marcus isn't in it, but I don't think that part bothers me. I think just the fact that it's like. Here's a communication and that's been intercepted and it has all that security information in it. Like, wouldn't he just say, um, if you want to know more information about Genesis, you can go see recording XYZ? Hmm. Genesisdemo.com. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wasn't there some discussion in Wrath of Khan about uh, how the militaries always wanted to get their hands on their, um, their stuff and uh, they finally have? It's true. Proof. Yes. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's, I oh, that's. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So now they've got their hands on it. So they're just sharing it willy nilly. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't think about that part that the security was actually, or may have been, not because of Starfleet, but because of the the, the science arm of Starfleet. Maybe they are the ones who put security on it. Oh, potentially. Yeah. So what else? <laughs> What what else do we have to say about the Genesis simulation that has been said before? How about this? Would you guys have appreciated or approved if they had redone it, like re rebuilt all the animation with 1984 technology? <laughs> well, as we've already seen in this movie, that technology may not necessarily for, be for the better. So I would say just leave it as is. Right. It would have been the Atari graphics version. That's what I would fear. Hey, we don't need that Pixar group anymore to help us with that. We can do this on our own and better. Dint, 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 dint. Probably also saved them about a million bucks. <laughs> oh, that's true. Redoing exactly. it. Yeah. I guess they, uh, they do uh, bring the, the viewer up to speed, I guess who may have not seen it in the Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely it's a good, um, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, previously on, you know, Wrath of Khan. It's a, a good way to catch the audience up. Yeah. The other thing they could have done, right, I suppose they could have done um, some some footage instead of the torpedo, you know, slamming into the asteroid. Couldn't they have shown the Reliant just exploding? Yeah, true. <laughs> not its That's intended a- use, but here's one way it'll work. But that's a galactic controversy, Chris. Oh, sorry, we don't want to right. see. We don't want to see the Reliant exploding. Yeah, how many people were on that? What happened to the crew? Yeah. All right, all right. I tried. I tried. I was trying to think of creative ways we could have, you know, learned about the Genesis effect without seeing it verbatim. How would you? How would you feel if they, like, you know, George Lucas took Star Wars and, you know did special editions where they like obviously redid a bunch of the special effects and they took this and said, Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if we did this special effects X, Y, and Z. And they redid this, that, that whole scene from Rathacon and said, we're going to release Rathacon 2.0 special edition, new, new, uh, Genesis planet. How, how would you, how would you, you feel sir? about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It doesn't need to change. No, no. Like Star Wars, this movie is yeah does not need to change. No, no. That's the right answer. All right. There should be no changes. <laughs> well, speaking of changes then, shall we move on to actual search for Spock minute? Sure. 
So the scene shifts then for uh, we get to, we realize that the audience has been all along. Actually, I guess we saw it in the last minute, but we switch back to uh, uh, what you call him, Dave? Three Stooges. So yeah, so we've got uh, uh, Krug, uh, yep. Maltz, and Torg, and we didn't really talk too much about them last week. Uh, so this is really the first time we get to hear them speak. 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 That is one of my favorite Krugs, Krugisms. There's really? something about the way he says it. Oh yeah, you you don't. It doesn't jump out of you. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's really casual. You know, he's not like I feel like in obviously we've seen shows in the next generation and the evolution of the Klingons, and I feel like they're very aggressive. Here he's sort of like so speak. You know, he's like just like I would say to you. You know, speak, Chris. I'm not. I'm not forcing you to speak. I'm not like speak, man. Speak, uh, Keith. What do you think? Um, it, it does seem like Christopher Lloyd is kind of. Um, he he kind of dropped his accent, in a way. If he had one to begin with, like in a, it, when he when they kind of switched over to English, so we didn't have to read subtitles all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it just kind of seems like his voice is not like gruffing it up at at all. Yeah, I you know you're right. I think there's we're going to see that here and there through the film, right? Where sometimes it's it's Christopher Lloyd talking, and sometimes it's Krug. Is that kind of what you mean? Like, well, it just sounds. Yeah, he just speaks like normal Christopher Lloyd, and while others, or at least sometimes, I feel like we see Klingons kind of throwing in some kind of accent, mm-hmm. or at least more throaty kind of speech, right? We haven't gotten to those those style Klingons yet. The evolution hasn't hasn't gotten yeah, that far. I guess they're still figuring it out. So Krug, so where we go. So my first note here when we see the three stooges is that both Maltz and Torg are in the same kind of pose with this thoughtful hand on chin. Did you notice that? Hmm. Yeah. This this is how they're taking in this video, like, oh fascinating. I don't know if they're trying to put their Yeah, stroking the beard. <laughs> goatee and Fu Manchu yeah well he doesn't even like like Torque doesn't even like look at Krug like he's just looking at the screen and he's like is he like afraid to look at Krug and offer his opinion or is he just so because you know he says the line you know great power to control dom-, you know dom-. is he just so I don't know enthralled by what he has seen yes he is he yeah, seems the uh, most into it. Yeah, you're right. I, I I agree, Keith. He does seem totally into it. Like, and his his comments are very uh, legit. Like, he means it, right? Great power to control, dominate. You can see him. The wheels turning is is mm-hmm. is how I read it. And then when Krug says "speak to Maltz," Maltz, <laughs> Maltz is like. Press if they can make planets. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh, I, I feel like you look, and I'm I'm totally I'm, I I look at John Larroquette as Maltz, and I just feel like they threw as much makeup as possible on him, and and I feel like I look at I look at Krug and I look at Torg and I'm like okay, they're Klingons, but I just feel like John Larroquette's like forehead and the top of his head is just so bulbous that it's almost like they put a helmet on him and then his nose and the Fu Manchu that he's got, you know, the, the goatee stuff. I just feel like they overdid him and I'm, I'm very distracted by it. Mm-hmm. 
almost to the point like I feel like are they trying to hide John Larrowcat here? Like they don't want anyone to know that that's him. Fool me, I was completely surprised that it's John Larrowcat. Uh, I am still of the opinion that this is not John Larrowcat. Oh, it's John Larrowcat. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I still, I need to see, and I, and I, I've done some hunting. I haven't done probably enough hunting. I need to see him getting into makeup because. I look and look and look, and I don't see it. I don't see John Larroquette under there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I think they like almost overdid his makeup. They were like, "Here's the normal Klingon." He's like, "No, give me the nose. No, give me the give me the goatee. No, give me the bulbous forehead. No, give me give me it all. I want it all." About those foreheads, um, I, I don't remember. Like the first time we see Klingons is in the motion picture, right? At least in modern Klingon. Yes. Um, and I feel like their heads were pretty much the same. And I really like that this film kind of established that every Klingon or at least Klingon family has kind of their own markings, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I know there's a whole, you know, we probably could have a podcast just about the Klingon evolution. And there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, explaining why they look different in all the different series and stuff. Um, but I will say I've never quite paid, I haven't paid too much attention to it other than the differences, you know, between the original series and the movies and the later series. But in this minute here, I don't think I've really noticed until we were just talking about it. Like Torg, his forehead looks much different than Maltz's. You know, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely. Yeah. Balding? Is he balding? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that too. <laughs> uh He's, but, uh, he's going. He, he's going Picard before Picard was even around. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I did. I did, looked up a little bit about Torg. Uh, he was. Uh, he's played by Stephen Liska, and I've always thought. I've always thought that uh, I've recognized Torg, uh, and when I looked through his, you know, credits of other things that he's done, there's nothing in there that jumped out at me as like, oh, that's what I know him from. So I think he's just got one of those faces. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognize him at all in anything. I had to go look up who he is, and he, like, we had um, the commander from uh, last week, uh, Commander Morrow, and I. I look at him, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I've seen him in a million things. Like I, he's that guy. Like Stephen Liska, and I looked. I looked up him too. And I was just like, wow, he's been in a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I don't recognize him from anything. Right. Yeah, he's really big into uh, TV cop shows in the 80s. Yeah. Particularly a one TJ Hooker. That's right. There you go. Another connection. Oh, all these people, I feel like it's all about connections. Like, it's like one's been on one show that's been on another show that, hey, we were on that show together. And I feel like that comes up a little bit in the next couple of minutes with people that have been on shows with John Larroquette and stuff. All right. Steven Liska. Don't know him. Don't recognize him. Lethal Weapon 4 was the only one that I would have been like, oh, yeah, I must have recognized him from Lethal Weapon 4. But when you look at Liska without makeup on, like, yep, nope, that's I don't recognize that guy at all. He doesn't even look like Torg. So I guess, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, Man, the makeup is really, really good in this film. <laughs> because I don't recognize either actor. Oh, I can totally tell it's John Larroquette. Gosh, really? Wait, so yeah, Keith, are you on my side? Do you say 
don't recognize him or you do? I, I do not recognize him. Yes. And and I think you mentioned just yesterday, or sorry, Friday. Probably um, Friday. Probably Friday. Um, uh, that it was him. And I was, again, surprised because I just don't. I, it's It's the makeup, of course. And he has only like one or two lines. I mean, they can make planets. I kind of want to drop a theory here that Torg, not Torg, I'm sorry, uh, Krug is kind of doing a little test here for these two guys and just seeing what their answers are to his speak. And I think it's, uh, again, it's Torg who gives the right answer. And I think that Maltz just kind of doesn't pick the right one. You know, he just says, wow, they can make a planet. Okay. But, uh, Torg sees it the right way, um, to control, dominate. So that's a true Klingon right there. I feel like Krug's next answer almost, he's almost being a little bit sarcastic. Oh yeah, definitely. Towards Maltz. Like he's like, he's like, you know, he's, he's like impressive, they can make planets, and Krug is like, "Oh yes, new cities, homes in the country, your woman at your side." Like I feel like he's almost making fun of Maltz with his response, okay. and he ends it. With, he ends it with charming, you know, like your view of them making planets. Like, and I agree with you, Keith, in the sense that Tor got it right. Like, no, this is all about power. This is all about you know their their willingness to, uh, you know, destroy our way of life. I think he says it without sort of saying it. Yeah. Just like Khan. Yeah, he even mentions a flag, uh, Federation flag in the breeze overhead. Yeah, I, I agree. He's totally being sarcastic. Um, and one of the things I, I liked, I never picked up on until kind of going through this minute. Uh, while Krug is busy being sarcastic, they kind of the camera angle switches. So you just see Torg and Maltz, and Torg totally just gives a side eye. <laughs> Like, oh man, you said the wrong thing and now you're getting an earful. Oh yeah. Yeah, just scrubbing over um, that portion you just mentioned, uh, you can see Torg's eyes just kind of going back and forth between, it's kind of shifty. Yeah. Very good eye acting here. <laughs> What's this? I don't know why I keep messing up those names. Uh, Qu- uh, Krug, Krug, gosh. Krug, um, he really is describing... Um, like uh, almost like the idyllic uh, Klingon dream, kind of like a Klingon Gothic <laughs> portrait. Yeah, must that's be what, what <laughs> must be what Klingons really uh, think is the the best way to live. Well, you know, I've actually wondered that over the years. It, if that's uh, if he's being you know sarcastic, not only in his tone, but just you know, is he is he what is he doing? Is he describing what he thinks the Federation idea of, you know, I- idyllic is, or is, is he truly describing the Klingon ideal? Uh, I don't, other yeah. than the Federation flag, you know what I mean? Like I, no, I've I wondered about that. I don't think he's describing the Klingon way of life at all. I think he thinks this is what the Federation, this is what the Federation wants. And, 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 you know, like I was saying about him being sarcastic to, to malts you know because he's like they can make planets and he's like yes you know the the new cities the homes in the country your woman at your side children you know i I just don't feel like that's what he he you know just by finishing the line where he says charming like almost to the effect of like you know that that's so human i I think the 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 children playing at your feet gives it away 
Because that doesn't sound very Klingon to me. No. Shouldn't it be like children fighting at your feet? <sighs> Knives and swords. Well, you know what, guys? I ran out of I ran out of material at this point. I ran out of notes. Um, because half of this minute was Wrath of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys have any other any other notes for this one uh nope i do That's not all I'm, I had. I'm good to go good to go all right well uh why don't we wrap it up here and uh and keith you've like i said you've been you're a returning guest you know you know the drill you would you be able to uh come back and join us on wednesday sure i'll be here i'll be waiting <laughs> excellent all right well folks uh while you're waiting um, if you want to check us out, you can find us on social media. We're usually there every day. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr this season. Uh, we're at Star Trek Minute on all of those, so you can definitely check it out. And we're going to be back again on Wednesday with Keith to talk about Minute 20 of The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Take a look at Speak.